curly locks. Your father is a poke chop. Your daddy said you shouldn't play with me. I really want to know now. Curly locks. Two roads before you. Which one will be your choice? I really want to know now. Curly locks. <laughs> Once upon a time when we were coloured, where you did your raving really mattered because it defined you and refined you, whether you were forward or having to look behind you. Were you a soul boy or a roots man? And would you end up a disco wife or a reggae husband? You see, that's where the fault line went and it was all love, but sometimes got violent with brother versus brother arguing the toss over whether soul or reggae was the boss and more importantly whether you were going to fix up and locks up or whether you were going to girl up with your jerry curl up you see what was going on at the clubs and the dance was a battle for our consciousness and our romance you could tell by just looking at someone whether they considered themselves to be british or an African, or whether they wanted to be an American, or they were proud to be from the Caribbean. And there was a huge difference too, because if you liked to boogaloo, there were plenty of places downtown that catered for you to throw down. But if you were down with your roots and culture, you would have to hunt around to try to capture a sound or a dance or some kind of session in an old church hall somewhere after the congregation. And the impression I got as a casual observer was that the soul clubs were more for the equal opportunities data. That's not to say there wasn't mixing in the black clubs. On the contrary, white folks love to do the rubber dub. But on the whole, the soul crowd was a more mixed crowd than the reggae crowd, who were considered somewhat brash and loud. And even though the soul boys and girls were much more flamboyant, they were more likely to be in full-time employment because locksing up was a revolutionary act back in them times, and that's a fact. There wasn't no fashion dread like nowadays. Back then, when you locked up, it wasn't no holiday. Your parents were vexed with you. Nobody would employ you. Your girl's parents rejected you. Curly locks, now that you're a dreadlocks, your daddy said you shouldn't play with me. I really want to know now. You were public enemy number one, whereas the soul boy was welcomed with open arms like a future son in law. Even if he was an outlaw on the sly, he was still better than a conscious dreadlocks by a mile. And it's not like this schism between black man and black man or black woman and black woman or black man and woman or black woman and man is something that nowadays we don't understand because, in my opinion, it is still the dominion on which we navigate the black condition because you're either woke or not woke and it ain't no joke. Show me the music you listen to and I'll tell you the person you're kissing too. That's the way we were and the way we are. Your music determines who your partners are. You cannot go to a Chronix concert in your Batty Rider. Likewise, you don't go to see John Legend live on stage and bawling brimstone and fire. Curly locks, now that you're a dreadlocks. Your daddy said you shouldn't play with me. I really want to know now. 
curly locks Two roads before you Which one should be your choice? I really want to know now Curly locks Boop, boop, doo, doo, doo. <laughs> Back then, you couldn't go and see Bob Marley in a suit and tie. Likewise, they wouldn't let you into a soul club if you were letting your natty dreadlocks fly. That's just the way it is. But here to discuss the way we was and the way we wore back when we were either soul boys and girls or reggae heads is someone who really ought to know because she gets paid for singing so. The queen of lovers rock, Carol Thompson. I think I know the answer to this from the very first time we kissed. But nevertheless, were you a reggae head or a soul girl? I was a... A reggae soul head. What does that mean? <laughs> All right, I loved my reggae music, and I also loved soul music. So I was one of those that was def that were definitely in the middle. So I was one of those reggae girls that loved their reggae music, but also liked their soul, which then became rare groove as well. So, so you were a reggae girl. I guess you could say essentially my world was very, very much a, a reggae world. Yes, I was a reggae girl, but. I also loved soul music. Yeah, but we all did. It wasn't that wasn't the point about it. The yeah. point about it was when you were out on the streets and there were demarcation lines. Were oh, you going right. to go to the yeah. reggae dance or were you going to go to the disco? Were you going I to? I went to both. You see, yeah, so I had two yeah, outfits. I was yeah. a, I was a bit of a moonlighter. Okay, okay, <laughs> and a schizophrenic existence because you've been yeah, in between, pulled by both sides. I just to loved come soul and I loved reggae music yeah, and I loved yeah. roots and culture. So okay. I don't know whether I was unique or whether I was one of many of my generation that were drawn to both musical genres I don't know but the little friends the friends that I moved with we we kind of we, we were right in the middle we loved both absolutely and, and those white bouncers let you in and the black bouncers by the way mm. let you into the soul clubs did they yeah, they did. It was much easier for girls, of as, course, as it of were course, for men, you know, oh, young right. guys. So yeah. It was easier for a girl to straddle both soul and reggae than it was for a guy. Well, no, a lot of guys did as well, but yeah. they would change their clothes. Okay, but they can't cuss off their natty dreads, can they? No, if they had yeah. natty dreads. I think a lot of the... Uh, no, you couldn't. But then also you did have some reggae clubs that... Um, that catered for both music, like Sir George. Yeah, of course. He, he you know, he did his lovers rock. He did his his soulful reggae. Because, like I said, we all both we loved both. Yeah, at least those yeah. of us who loved reggae also loved soul. I'm not sure if it was the other way around. Yeah, I I think you had you had your your reggae men, reggae guys yeah, yeah. that liked a touch of soul. Yeah, but you didn't have soul guys. Uh, not many soul guys like to touch of reggae. Yeah, I knew. No, I knew they a might few. have liked oh, Althea and Donna uptown. No, top no, they like they like their well, they like their, their Dennis no, Brown. Oh yes, they did. I know at no, least I know a lot. Not soul boys. Yes, they did. They're Dennis Brown because he did sing some sweet music. No, they how like, many of them love Burning Spear? Yeah, they like Burning Spear. They like their roots. What soul as well. boys? I know some soul boys. What kind boys. of soul boys are you meeting in those days? <laughs> I don't know what the percentage was. Maybe mm. that maybe because I straddled both worlds, I knew those who did the same. Right. Yeah, but I think we were probably if you had like a 
uh, what do you call it, like one of those graphs where, you know, the, the crossover in the middle right. is probably a small percent, maybe like quarter. If it's like a, what are they call those big diagrams, if you have one of those big round diagrams and, and probably about a quarter would like both. And Venn straddle. diagram. Venn okay. diagram, that's okay. it, yeah. Um, and obviously, for us, whilst you were straddling both, mm-hmm. those of us who were standing outside the soul clubs... <laughs> oh, you laughed at us, did you? <laughs> standing outside the, the cold, soul clubs, yeah, not, looking not being right. able to get in. Because you just didn't look the part. It wasn't because we didn't look the part. I mean, unless the part was white. You know, we were black guys. How could we look the part? What? How were we supposed to fit in? So you talk, but you do particular types of clubs. You had yeah, you had know, your black clubs that just but these dealt. These are big clubs. Yes, but some of them were very racist on on the door. They were horrible. Yeah, they well, were really horrible. I, I remember the soul dance that they used to have on a Tuesday night at the Lyceum, mm. and you know they let one or two black guys in. I don't right. know what they had done to get in, right. but the vast majority of us were standing outside mm. waiting for our. Fr- white friends to go and enjoy themselves to black music so that we could all go home together afterwards us looking like idiots yeah that's that on that level that's that's awful so when you were going into these soul clubs because you Mm. could get in as a black woman Mm. did you even cast a glance at your brother man standing outside in the cold of course you did and you felt sorry for him (laughs) you felt you felt sorry for us did you yeah but that (laughs) makes it much better makes it much better to know that you were feeling sorry for us as you were going in past us into the club it's outrageous when you look back on it it's outrageous really so, really but, but at least you got to dance with a lot of white guys there. Gosh, you must have been very special because oh. there were no, not very many black guys so, there. Well, we, actually, we were going for the music. And, I know you were going, yeah, for, the we're going music. for the music. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you, you didn't mind if we were standing outside. Well, what could I do? Yeah, well, you, what you could what do. What we did in the end is we ended up going, not going to those clubs. We right, ended up going to the right. clubs where we were all welcome and we could all dance together listening to the music that we wanted to listen to. Do you remember to. any of those clubs? There was um, the Royale. The Royal in Tottenham. Yeah. The Royal. Yeah, so Royal. You called it the Royale. Royal. Okay, yeah. you had a bit of French about it. Yeah, why it? not? <laughs> yeah, because I don't remember very much French in there. There were a few other clubs that slipped me at the moment, but yeah. I'm sure our listeners will, will definitely enlighten us on the names of those clubs. But there were specific clubs. Um, Palm Tree. Was it Palm Tree? Can't remember Dotton, but uh, there was Shady the, Grove. I think yeah, you remember that there was, was in Tottenham f- as well. Yeah. There was all all roads leading to Tottenham, to Tottenham at the moment. Yeah, well, I was very much North North London based, but okay. there were many places that we could all go together as as um, men and women, well, young girls there? and young boys. Yeah, because that, that in that very go. same Tottenham, there used to be a club called Charlie Browns, right? And they made well, it known to us straight yeah, off that they were yeah. National Front mm. or BMP. But you kind of knew which clubs to go to where you could actually enjoy yourself, relax and enjoy yourself and dance to them. Because it's all about dancing at the end of the day. It's well, what did dancing. you think of your white friends that went into those other clubs anyway and then told you all about it on Monday morning at school? Because we were still schoolboys and girls at this point. Mm. At least I was. You might have grown up a bit by the time you were allowed out of your house. <laughs> That's true. I was probably a little bit older. But, yeah, you know, yeah. I didn't I didn't pay that any mind, really. Cause you didn't pay any mind? At the end I of the day, vexed. Yeah, but there was no point. What we did is we found clubs. Yeah. That we could go to, that we could enjoy ourselves, relax, mm. and not have that stress, and not have a couple of um, just racist bouncers making arbitrary decisions and cherry picking who they want, and and trying to exert some kind of authority or control over us. You know, so we would we would just actually just 
what you know show how we felt with our feet and but just not and, and our and our money would take our money somewhere else sometimes you lived in areas um outside london often enough mm. or on the edges of london where there was only one club in town yeah that's and true. and yeah. if there was only one club in town and all your friends knew you couldn't get in yeah they knew you couldn't get in but they'd go in and tell you all about it on a Monday morning. Yeah, and say, you know, shame painful. you weren't there, man. Yeah. They were dropping down some serious James Brown tunes. Mm. They would tell you that they were really getting down to yeah, all this. The racism uh, in this in this country was just well, what it was. You know, even in music, well, it was there. You know, in these well, clubs, it was just particular gatekeepers who made their own decisions. What was that about, though? Because obviously... Yeah, I mean, they just I'm, felt, because it's control, wasn't it? It just also, gave them a bit of control for that moment. But also, they clearly didn't need our money. Our money wasn't welcome there, so mm. they must have been doing pretty good business, yeah. I'd have thought at the time. And they were doing business from our friends, from our friends. Those people mm. we went to school with and grew up with and lived next door to and mm. ran around with and got mm. into trouble with. Mm. Mm. It's... What can I say, Dotton? It, it was just, what, it was what, the time. What, what, it was the what, times, what, you know. How could you, how could you, only way the way you could get around it was to vote with your feet and oh, go, I somewhere, forgot. Else, go I said, somewhere else. I said our friends, but also our girlfriends who were going into those soul yeah, clubs. Yeah, we'd go in, we'd go in and then we'd realise that, well, it's how not for us. You? Yeah, at first how you went How could in. you? At first you, the how music you? was driving how you. How could you? And leaving your man outside as well. But we never went with men. We went with each other. Went but with a bunch of girls together. If your man came up, he wasn't getting in. But no, if if I went with, we wouldn't leave. If I went with a with a man yeah, or yeah, my boyfriend, because yeah, we weren't yeah. men, there weren't boy, okay. weren't, weren't women and men oh. at the time. We were young people. Well, some if of we you ladies even, went for older guys, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I can only speak so for my. Men. I can only speak for so myself. I can't speak for everybody. Okay. No, but for no. me personally, yeah. I would never go in and leave my boyfriend really? outside. Absolutely but what about not. your friends who did? Because some well, some of you did. Some of them did, yeah. Some of them were going inside, and I saw it in my own eyes. Yeah. So what about those friends? What, 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 well, I don't how, know. How did they reason? Or you never asked them how they could do it? No. Because I would have asked no, them. My friends wouldn't have done that. We wouldn't do that. Wouldn't no, that. we wouldn't okay. do things like that. What about we? your parents? What did they prefer? Did they prefer you to go out with a soul boy, nice, cute soul boy of the latest Fiorucci jeans and nicely cropped hair and who said madam and please sir and did well at school and was never rebellious? <laughs> or did they want you to go out with the rest of man? Well, they definitely didn't want me to go out with a Rasta man, put it that way. Not to say that Rasta men were not polite, not to say Rasta I never men, said they weren't but polite. you were saying, but I'm just saying all the all the attributes that you described yeah. with, the, with the soul boy, they were Rasta men, yeah, ra Rasta young men. I had all of that too. No, they didn't have the close cropped hair. Though. No, no, Nicely no. But in terms hair. of. No, their, one or two did. Yeah, but no, in terms of their personality yes. and so forth, then yeah, I, I, I think. A lot of Rasta guys did have all of those things. But that generation, our parents, in terms of how they viewed Rasta, yeah, was so Rasta? negative. It mm. was so negative. You know, they, they had, it was almost, it was just very, very, just, just, what can I say? You know, you got me all tongue tied. But they just were not interested in entertaining a Rasta man in the in in my home. Anyway, I can't talk for all the others, but they had an idea of what Rasta was about and what the type what Rasta men were about. I remember my grandmother saying to me that Rastas would come down from the hills and and steal the girls and take yeah, them back up yeah. into the hills, right? Take and care so, of their black heart man, <laughs> children. So she, you know, it was like Rasta man was something. Him. That's right. Rasta men was something to be feared, as far as my grandmother was concerned. It was it was almost like she couldn't even entertain the thought. 
Yeah. So what happened when you brought home a raster man? Was it curly locks now that you're a dreadlocks? (laughs) Yeah. Until she got to know my dreadlocks man. Then when she actually sat down and Did you actually take home a dreadlocks man? I took home a dreadlocks. What? Fearlessly? But and I was in my twenties by then, anyway. I know, but still, you know, you're still a child to her. Mm, mm. Was it fearlessly, or did you did it cross your mind that maybe you should leave him out in the car outside till you'd done your business and come out again? <laughs> well, I did think of that, but then she asked me, "Who's in the car?" <laughs> so what can I do, Dot? And she says, "Who's in the car?" Well, I can't just say it's a, it's the driver. I have to say, well, this so you is really it. did that. Yeah, you yeah. kept him outside in the car at first. Yeah, just like she said <laughs> at first, because you because you're so nervous and you want you know you you don't want to upset your parents. You don't want to embarrass him. You know you don't want him to you know be grilled and and embarrassed by your parents and. But eventually it was fine that, you know, they got to know him as a, as a human. But at Thank first, you. when they saw it was a dreadlock, did they say, like, um, what's his name, Mr. Reggae Reggae Sauce? Did they say, Lord have mercy, <laughs> Lord have mercy, me grandchild go. No, but so, I didn't know. You I did. Jamaican your Jamaican accent. accent is so bad. I know it is. It, I, know, I, know it is. I know in your head it sounds like a Jamaican accent. It sounds perfect. In your head it sounds like a Jamaican accent. But when it comes out, Dalton, it's, it could almost be Jim Davison. <laughs> <laughs> There's no need for that. There's no need for that. No need for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I did not. I did. I did prep them first and let them yeah, know that yeah. um, so I'm in love with the dreadlocks. Do you, do you, oh right, that's a good quote. I'm in love no. with the dreadlocks. That's right. Yeah, but you don't want me to sing it, do you? No, yeah, I don't. Right, okay. And um, who's it? Was it Brown Sugar? The yeah, yeah, great they, song. They Absolutely. definitely don't want me to sing yeah. it. Kofi doesn't want me to sing that. And um, Pauline yeah. and Karen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they don't want me to sing that either. Um, so. Uh, what? How difficult was it, though, to have a boyfriend or a partner that had dreadlocks in those days? How how difficult was it? And what was the difference between going out with somebody with dreadlocks and going out with a soul boy? Well, for me, it wasn't... Because by that time I was in my 20s, so it wasn't difficult for me. It wasn't... Um, it was... It wasn't difficult because that's what I had chosen. Um, I think it was difficult for him because of the... For him? Because I mean, it because it, he becomes a time... the rest of them? No, but well, I'm just saying for all the dreadlocks, men How many them, dreadlocks Not my boyfriends. Did you I'm talking about with? as a collective. But, not for me personally. I'm just okay. saying that for you guys... But how who, many? You know, did you have interest? How I only had did, one. You only had one dreadlocks. How many soul boys did you have? None. Oh, come on now. <laughs> you only had one boyfriend all your life. Yeah. Was this like confessions? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that they used to get targeted quite a lot, which was really just painful and unfair and just very what frustrating. Kind of you, you know, about? just police targeting. And what, you same, were there? Was sometimes you're in the targeted? car, you just get pulled over for yeah, no reason. Yeah. You know, you're driving, minding what, your own business. What and car were you driving though? God, no, I can't remember. Yeah, you see, this is the it's, point. It's it. I don't if remember. Driving, BMW. Well, there you go. No, no it wasn't a BMW. I'm only joking. What did you expect? I wasn't, I was joking. I can't remember. like the rest of us. I can't remember what the car was. You know, I'm not really good with cars. But we were in a car, I had four wheels. Right, <laughs> but we we're always, you know, not all the time, but you'd always, you know, so often you'd get pulled over for absolutely no reason. Um, 
and the harassment, the general harassment, as you know, that did went you, on. Did you have to dress up in a different way when you went out with the Roots Man compared to when out, you know, going out with the Soul Head or going to a Roots Man party as opposed to going to a Soul Man's party? What was the difference in what you? Had well, to they wear? did have. We had a kind of reggae girl uniform, didn't you? You know, did with you? a pleat, yeah, pleated skirt. Of course, black um, tights as well. I seem to remember. I don't know. I can't remember the tights. Don. Yeah, black tights. Think, yeah, black tights. Well, a lot of the white girls. <laughs> no, no, they do. I'm not, not knocking no, no. it at all. No, I didn't wear tights. Okay, so uh, I wasn't. Lot, I didn't a lot wear of the, the tights. white girls that had the pleated skirts. They wore the black, black tights. tights. Oh, we didn't. Well. I didn't wear black tights, yeah. but I'd wear. Pleated skirt. It wasn't like it was I was a, investigating that. Uh, I just okay, noticed so, it. Okay, I let you off. Pleated skirt. We used to wear um, gold tip shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember those. Um, those are ones that we used to. Well, some of us, not me, hmm. but other people I knew used to nick from Dulces. Do you remember Dulces? <laughs> yeah, I do remember Dulces. That was a good actually. trick. That was yeah. a good trick. And there was there. another shop as oh, well. I can't remember the other oh. one. Dulces and one. And was, Dulces oh. was a proper yeah. street fashion Goodness. shop. For it was. Shoes. It was. But then we and, also just have like the bla uh, blouse with a tie at the front. Oh yes, yes, the, I remember that. Really as well. nice yeah, sort of yeah. blouse with a tie. Yeah. Well, what was um, that about? What, I don't know. It was just part of the whole look. The whole look was the 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 blouse with the tie, and he had the pleated skirts. He had the gold tip shoes. Yeah. And we sometimes would have our hair like they call it the sauce sauce. Oh yeah, yeah. So the we'd, one we'd, that pre went we'd have out, we'd press yeah, our well, hair, we'd hot comb my hot comb my hair and, and flick and it, it. Came out about it. six feet in front of you. <laughs> I think. <seem laughs> yeah, yeah, and also by the end of the evening, yeah. it all frizzle up once once you got really hot and sweaty flat and, and flat and everything. But, uh, uh, but when we were going out, and then a crombie coat sometimes, crombie coat, which I know the guys had as well. You had like skinheads, but we kind of used those as well. Crombie coats and suede heads had crombies. Well, and the guys days, uh, used to sometimes wear two-tone suits two -tone, two -tone, no. and mohair oh, trousers. I only and... had one tone. Did you? Yeah, I only had one tone, but two-tone would do quite. Yeah. I, I remember the Dulcie shoes. I was going to say how they used to nick them. And not that I knew how to yeah. do it, but I was told. Okay. And how they used to nick them was that in those days, the stores thought they were so clever they would put a basket full of shoes outside the store, right. uh, confident that you couldn't nick them because mm -hmm. they'd, they'd all be the left foot, okay. for example. Yes. So what you would do was take two of those left foot shoes, right. go into the store, tell them to bring out a box of exactly the same shoe, <laughs> and then you would put two another left foot back in. Do you oh, know what no. I mean? And then you would take Ingenious. out the right foot. So you would replace it with the left foot, so you'd actually have a complete pair, yeah. Yeah. The criminal mind, eh? But I, I didn't know anything <laughs> about that at all. Not, but I know that there was a Dulces in Turnpike Lane in North mm, London, right. which isn't there anymore because I think they went bankrupt. Right, probably did. Yeah, yeah, yeah with yeah. all that criminal mindedness. All too much but, criminal. But, but, but what criminality. about the Soul Girl outfit? How different was that then? How was it? Um, no, it wasn't too dissimilar, really. I yeah. think the guys were a lot, were a lot more. They, they, their, their look was a lot more distinct in that they have like wrinkle picker picker shoes and yeah. um, wrinkle pickers. I remember those. Yeah, as wrinkle a soul pickers. Boy. And yeah, stuff yeah, like that. it was. I remember those. Yeah, yeah. they were kind of winkle pickers. Yeah, yeah. No, they narrowed <laughs> and drain, and drain all these Italian and like type that. shoes, yeah. and sometimes they were two tone. Mm -hmm. They'd have one collar at the top, like white at the top, and black around the sides and yeah, backs. Yeah, Cecil G. Yeah. it was and more baggy trousers. Baggy I trousers, and also the, they had the, the yeah, they had the, the Oxford bags and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, then Fiorucci trousers and all these kind of clothes as well. Were they more likely to be, because I'll come back to this subject over and over again, are they more likely to be kind of like 
black British in terms of because mm. the dreadlocks was getting in tune with his roots, wasn't yeah, it? And he was yeah. talking about Africa and going That's back true. to Africa. So we were kind of like one step removed from um, mm. the absorption of Britishness, even if we were born here mm. at times. I just wonder whether, you know, because in my mind, and tell me if I'm correct about this, uh, soul boys always like talk like Cockneys, you know, like they're all like Cockneys, whereas Rasta men, whether they were from Nigeria or not, always have <laughs> a little bit of a Jamaican twang mm. about them. Mm, mm, uh, mm. Is that an exaggeration? Yeah, so what's the question? What, what, what's well, the, the what question is, is going back there. What was that all about? Why did we have to... Why did we have to play a part to be? I don't know. So that's a good question, Dotton. You know why? How that happened? How it evolved? And why it evolved? And that demarcation. It's an interesting question. You know, I think I, I'm not saying that guys that were in who were into soul music were not conscious and did not um, get into Black history and, and into their culture and, and understanding um, our, our whole black history i don't know whether i can i can i can say that but what what the reg, what the the reggae boys and the rasta men did is is they by the way they dressed they were telling the world listen this is where i'm i'm woke then for 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 a modern phrase i i am this is who i am i want you to know that i am in touch with my roots or i'm trying to get in touch with my roots i am not into british culture this is i'm trying to say this is my identity i'm not interested in emerging i want you to know that i am a raster man, or you know, and this is this is having what? said that, though, all mm. of that culture came from somewhere else, whether it's soul boy culture or it was raster man culture, it came from somewhere else. Mm. Uh, soul music, essentially, from the United States, yeah, that was your origins. Mm. Um, reggae music, essentially, from Jamaica, right, being the origins. But it seems that where those two disparate positions mm. did merge was that they created something that was essentially British, something that was essentially British about those two um, original uh, well, don't musical you think, forms. Don't you think it was more about identity, trying to identify? Because I think we got, came to realisation through all the hostilities from society and from the police in, in general and just the racism that we were facing, that it became obvious that we were not English we were not we were called British subject but we were not English so we were trying to find I think through the music um, we were trying to find and I guess maybe together maybe in part of the music was part of our journey of trying of self-discovery trying to work out who we are and trying to have a definite identity and stamp that identity and say well whether I'm into soul or whether I'm into reggae um, I'm not white or I am not English. I don't know whether yeah. it, I don't know if I'm going too deeply, but I think it was some of that was part of it, where we were just trying to find our own identity in the UK because our parents we were removed generationally from our parents. Their journey and their plight and and and, and their experiences was were, were similar but not the same as ours. And we were like almost like the first generation going through the school systems and all that kind of stuff. And our parents couldn't really advise us because they've never had that experience. So this was our we were learning on the job, so to speak, and colouring by numbers as we were going along and trying to work and navigate us through the, the British system. 
and at the same time trying to have a sense of pride and of and identity about who we are and well, music well, did play a, a, a strong of part of course in of course it does and maybe that's how it all came together but it strikes me that we made something british out of jamaican reggae music the original mm. reggae artists in this country were more like, you know, the original Simmerans, the original Simmerip or whatever they were called. I can't remember what that group was called. What, Simmerans? Um, no, no, there was Simmerans and then there was the group that was Pyramid, spelt backwards or something like that. Oh, so okay. Something spelled, I can't even remember what it was. Right, yeah. But those original groups were trying to be very much, you know, the ones that backed, uh, you know, the likes of uh, Dennis Al Capone when mm, he mm, came over mm, here. And to, the Desmond Decker and people yeah, like and that. The, yeah, and the groups that backed them were trying to be like Jamaicans. They hadn't yeah. uh, created an identity. It was kind of like the Britishness hadn't soaked in. So, and the same with the original soul people over here. Mm, I mean, I would argue mm. that somebody like Linda Lewis, pop, fair enough, but yeah. a little bit of an original soul singer mm. from over here she was even though she's very 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 british and yeah. cockney yeah. she was actually trying to be more like the americans yeah. they weren't yeah. really creating something it was like a, well, it, but, a, a yeah, slightly I later but, generation but they, had to, they had to gravitate to what they what they what they saw on tv so if they had the only thing we ever we ever I grew up seeing was like Motown, Philly Sound, yeah, and then yeah. I saw Desmond Decker, Millie Small, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and Dave and Ansel Collins and all that kind of stuff. Marcia Griffiths and um, the, the 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 other person, Bob Andy, Bob Andy, Bob and Marcia, yeah. and so we but, we, but we that, that was that, a that template, was, but that was the point, only template we had. Yeah, but so we had to point, start there. But at what point does it start assimilating the Britishness? At what point does that start creeping in? Because it's an important question. Because it's about the journey. When we do these oral histories that we called Once Upon a Time When uh, We Were Coloured, when we mm. do these oral histories, it's got to make sense to listeners, particularly listeners that weren't there at the time, mm. uh, about how we went from being essentially uh, first generation to second generation and absorbing a new culture mm. and um, you know trying to develop something new out of it. Um, but well, I don't think it was conscious. Both I, in ways of speaking. Speaking, yeah, it music. May not, it may not have been conscious, no. but at, we've just identified it. At the very beginning, mm. British reggae bands were like Jamaican reggae bands. At yep. the very beginning, mm. uh, British soul artists were like American soul That's artists. True. But then at some point, you start getting you know, your Aswads, your Steel Pulse, yeah. your uh, Dennis Bavel and Matumbi in the reggae side of things and in the soul side of things you start getting your light, Kenny, Kenny Kenny Burke I was light, light of, of world light of the well, world that was more kind of jazz funk but again yeah but it's the same kind of, of fusion yeah, it yeah it's same, a fusion because they exactly they, 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 they were and, you know they, they, they were influenced by American sure. music and I wonder if it wasn't brass easier construction and people like that it was I wonder if it wasn't easier ultimately mm. for the reggae artists to do British reggae than it was for the soul artist from the UK to mm. do British soul because there are much more there's much more British reggae is a thing mm. that is identifiable mm. British soul isn't mm. as much of a thing that is mm. identifiable I, I, I mean the real thing the real thing from Liverpool that that tune the hit yeah. tune it's like an American tune can't isn't get it? by a, without you yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. an American tune mm. it's brilliant I'm not knocking mm. them at all mm. but you can't talk of that as British soul in the same way that you can talk about so you're talking about the sound you're Talking about the sound. I'm talking about the sound, the obviously, sound, but I'm, yeah. I'm wondering, going back to the original thesis, which was mm. there was a difference between being a, a reggae head and a 
soul boy. Mm. And even though the reggae heads got more of a fight from society because they yeah. were uh, clearly more revolutionary, if yeah. you like, yeah. or anti-establishment yeah. yeah, or whatever yeah. it was, ultimately their culture was stronger mm. Mm. in embracing a Britishness about it. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Does that make mm. sense or not? Um, what the, the soul boys? No. What does it make sense that the reggae heads were more able and um, more able to define a unique culture that mm. was British mm. with Jamaican roots than the soul boys were to define? Well, I, yeah, to, I, to I have a distinct culture. Yeah, of their because own. it was so. It looked so different, Dotton. You know, when you've got your natty dread. Um, and you, some some of us were dressing up in army surplus gear and were looking very rebellious. You know, it's a bit like you know looking at the punks and the the, the rebellion. The, you know the, the, how they how they rebelled in the way they dressed as well. But how well. does that inform the music though? The punks started out being very British, although they did. But, but you know, what I'm they, saying that, but yeah, as time not, as time went not, on, they actually not. carved out maybe a not. niche for themselves. You know that you can look at someone and say that's a punk. Yeah, you know? I know. So but how does it inform the music? Is what I'm saying how do you get something like punk is a good example let's say the original punks were like the New York Dolls mm. in America or Richard Hell and the Voidoids and all these people um how they got something British because out of, of their it. lyrics as well because you remember well, he was the lyrics, he, he anti-establishment lyrics, against the, the queen and against the government I mean you know these were like at the time they were very re- revolutionary words <laughs> you know nobody had ever ever actually said that on record so you know that that was their stance in terms of putting two fingers up so to the establishment so I think the music plus the way they dressed um informed that particular particular lifestyle and that genre the same way with the the roots culture in this country is the same thing the the, the way they dressed the way the, the natty dread the, the clothes and everything else i think that 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 was what informed it yeah so in a way um we are informed by the experiences that we have and that ultimately creates something original. We are informed by the difference of our experience and that, in a way, creates something unique. Mm -hmm. Mm. And sometimes it's not intentional. You know, sometimes you're just um, expressing yourself in what you feel is authentic you know in your authentic self then you're just expressing yourself through what you have how you feel where your passions lie and out of that real place explodes this interesting genre and whether it's in literature whether it's in 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 music whether it's in painting or fashion um it's it's coming from an authentic place of usually you know where you're rebelling against something you're rubbing against something the establishment or the the status quo okay let's pause on this no doubt we'll return to this subject on another day but i think you've got a tune to play us out with to sing you Uh, to sing us out yeah i'm not a sound system you know (laughs) yeah because you're a soul girl aren't you so you're not a sound system girl otherwise you would know what i meant you know but this song always reminds me of um my my sort of soul days. Whoa, whoa, 
You got the best of my love. Whoa, whoa. You got the best of my love. Whoa, whoa. You got the best of my love. Whoa, whoa. You got the best of my love. Doesn't take much to make me happy. Oh, make me smile, wiggly. Never ever will I feel discouraged. Cause you love so openly. Dedicated love and affection that you give so openly. I like the way you make me feel about you, baby. For all the world to see. Whoa, whoa. You got the best of my love. Whoa, whoa. You got the best of my love. That was the emotions, and I really, I was a great emotions fan. I can see that you're getting emotional. I'm getting really emotional just thinking about the emotions. There you go. And (laughs) there's more than one. There's more than one emotion. I'll second that emotion. Oh, thank you. I'll second those emotions. You second those emotions. Earth, Wind, and Fire were another great band, and they produced the emotions and wrote those songs. Fantastic group.